Listener warning, this episode may contain bad words. Oh wait, it totally does contain bad words. So, listener discretion is advised. Hi everyone, welcome to a new episode of Notes on Nonsense, a little derivation and brainchild from the same 24 Hours podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Atwood, and you got me. That's what these are. These are 10 to 15 minute shorts about what exactly is total and absolute bullshit going on in our lives right now. In celebration of the publication of my new book coming out December 17th, the year of no nonsense, how a little less bullshit can change your life, I decided to do these little podcast shorts. And of course, it's to help promote my book because being an author in this day and age is a very, very interesting little conundrum. And I won't get into that here. We could have a whole episode about that. But what I do want to do with these episodes is kind of bring awareness to some of the things that are outlined in the Year of No Nonsense and beyond. This is by no means the attempt to replace the book, not even close. I do hope that you will join me on Facebook. We have a Facebook group, the Year of No Nonsense. Do a little search and request to join. I will add you unless you are an asshole, and then I will not. And that's my discretion. So I hope you all enjoy this episode. Today's episode of Notes on Nonsense is Other People Are Bullshit. This is not meant to be funny. I'm dead serious. (laughs) And then I laugh. A demonic laugh. Okay, so this is sort of funny because, yes, other people can and totally are and will be forever assholes. And the funny thing is we are the other people to someone else. So that means that we are absolutely and can totally be assholes as well. So what do we do with all this assholing about that we're doing? I don't really know, but I like to think about it in this way. We came into this world without asked to being being brought into this world. We were just plopped down in this world, raised by imperfect people in an imperfect school system, in an imperfect country, in an imperfect world by a million other imperfect influences. And yet... We all strive for this really weird version of perfection. It doesn't matter what this version of perfection is. It has permeated every aspect of our mental status. And it varies wildly from personality to personality. But at the same time, we are all suffering under this delusion of what we should be. When if we rewind to the beginning of our lives, we just were these happy little blobs of baby that then became other people other humans, and here we are with all the other assholes. Does this sound bleak? (laughs) Maybe, maybe. But here's the thing. When we are surrounded by other people who are just trying to raise us or who are trying to not raise us, and their beliefs, their values, and everything else gets put upon us, we turn into different people. And that sometimes can't be helped. And that We experience trauma or we experience heartache and pain and abuse and suffering and lies and abandonment and all these great things that make up the topics of discussion that we have to later deal with in therapy. And this is all fine and dandy, right? No, it's totally not. It's very hard. But what happens with these other people in our lives and what happens when we grow up and we start to realize that we have some choices, is that we begin to blame. It's very easy to blame other people for a slew of things. And you know what? Sometimes they are 1,000% to blame. 
The problem is when we stop living our own lives, when we start reading a script that has been written for us over and over and over again from childhood, from that fabulous little blob of baby where we were perfect and nothing was wrong with us to the point where we have deemed ourselves completely broken. We are reading from a script that someone else wrote for us. Reading and reading and reading. I do this because of this. And it's usually some deep-seated core belief or impact from some family member or some other person in our life. And that's why I say the other people are bullshit. And I'm not coming at this from a place that's devoid of love. I love people, but I also know that people, the other people, are often big, huge excuses for us to not live our best life. And what I mean by that is that I'll take kids, for example. I was talking to my web designer and she was like, no, Meredith, you can't do an episode called Kids Are Bullshit. (laughs) And not that I would. I totally would because there are definite bullshit elements about being a parent. Definite. But here's the thing. I hear all the time how people can't do certain things because of other people. They can't choose to live this way because of kids or because of their job or because of all these things that are holding them back. And it may be true, but at some point it is up to us. It is up to us as to how we position ourselves in relation to the other people in our life. And so when I say the other people are bullshit, I don't actually mean they are. I mean our perception and the way that we hover around the other people or the way we allow the other people to hover around us and thus making our lives different. Not better, not worse, but different because of the control factor of these other people. And so many times, and this is where you got to hear me out, so many times the control is not even real. We have perceptions. We have long-held expectations in our heads from either our parents or our teachers or our employers that we're supposed to be a certain way, that we are supposed to be a certain person to make them happy. And so when we do that, we are limiting ourselves because of someone else's expectation. And the crazy thing is sometimes those people don't even have the expectations. We have made up the expectations and put them on those people. I have a really good example of this that came from my life. And it was the idea that I was going to be a writer when I was probably high school. I decided, yeah, I'm going to be a journalist. I'm going to be a writer. And at some point, someone told me, you're not going to make any money writing. And that scared me because I didn't, my dad was self-employed. We always were like, um, you know, we, we were fine financially, but there was always a sense of dread because being self-employed is hard, right? You never necessarily know where your next paycheck is coming from. And it was stressful. And so I definitely had a fear set early on around money. And so when someone let me know that I was going to be dirt poor as a writer, I made an about face and I changed my mind. I changed my major and I went straight into law school because I had heard that lawyers made a lot of money. (laughs) The beautiful thing was when I exited law school and I took a job in a small town and a small firm, um, I made less money than I probably would have made um, writing and waiting tables in New York City. So The funny thing was I kind of ended up financially exactly where I would have started, and yet I dug myself into this hole because of the expectations that other people had for me. One, that I wouldn't make any money. Two, that, you know, I'm not really sure anyone would have been very proud of me as a journalist, and I decided that my people would be much prouder of me as an attorney. Did they actually say that? 
No, no, looking back, there was no mention, but I do know that those people of mine were super proud to have an attorney in the family, right? And so when you have the impact of other people being proud of you for certain things that you're doing, even though those things are no longer authentic or they don't feel right to you, you continue to do them. And that's where the other people become bullshit. They don't even know they're bullshit. They don't even know they're putting their stuff on you. They don't know that with every encouragement and every applause for the things you're doing that are making you miserable is actually digging you into a deeper hole. But the thing is, people, this is what I'm here to say. That's not their problem. They're just doing the best that they can. And there's a whole chapter kind of revolving around this in the book. And so kind of hear me out, like let that one slide for now that everyone is doing the best that they can. But when people are trying to encourage you where you are, or where you're going, sometimes that paralyzes us. We think, oh my gosh, they're super proud of where I'm going or where I am, that if I do something outside of the realm of this, these other people are not going to be proud of me. And other people are not people pleasers at all. That's a whole other episode. And so some people do not have the compass that they need people to be proud of them. They stand on their own. They make their own decisions. But in that case, you're not really struggling with the same issues that people pleasers perhaps do. You're not struggling with the same paralysis of staying stuck or feeling that you need to make decisions because of other people. You're a different breed of person. And I often wish I was that kind of person. And I'm growing into being that type of person that where my interior, my, my motivating voice is one of from the internal side, not necessarily the external. And even more so that it's not an internal voice that is made up with external expectations that I've created, that no one else has actually put on me. I'm an almost 40-year-old woman. There's really no one putting expectations on me at this point in my life. At the same time, however, it's very easy for me to make up expectations. And so I talk about in my book, how my recent use of cuss words, (laughs) while it is going to be offensive for some people, it is actually a very proud moment for me because in saying the word bullshit and even other four-letter words in my book, I am stepping away from the expectation that other people are going to be disappointed in me for using these words. I'm stepping away from worrying about how other people might perceive me if I say the word bullshit because it really doesn't matter. And so while cuss words and titles are super trendy right now, and I was kind of like cringy about it a little bit, it really went with the theme of my book of learning to step away from the expectations of everyone else. Only because for the most part of my life, when I have like spent time worrying about the expectations of other people, I have harmed myself. And so the question and the challenge I pose for you guys is, the other people expectations in your life paralyzing you? Or do you feel that the other people in your life are literally holding you back? And so my challenge for that latter statement, if other people are holding you back, whether it's your kids, your spouse, your parents, or whoever, the question is, is that actually true? A lot of times I hear, and I know just from all my time in the fitness world to this point, is that motherhood is kind of the place where you check your bag on your dreams, your bag full of dreams and your, you know, purse full of hopes, and you just get on the train and you hope to survive. And I am out here writing this book and doing these podcasts because I want to smash through that idea. When we become mothers or we become wives 
or we become husbands and fathers and people that where our role changes. We do not turn in the bag. We do not check the bag of our hopes and dreams. In fact, all we do is put the bag on our back and we figure out a way to carry it all. And that is what we need to start to do. Instead of looking at the other people in our life, whether it's an eye toward blame, an eye toward healing, an eye toward how do we get past this stuff, instead of looking at them as hindrances, we have to look at them as just something else we have to carry along our path. We have to figure out a way to deal with the other people in our lives with love, of course. This podcast is not about hating people. This is about learning to love the people in our lives and also taking care of ourselves. So many times we check out because of other people. We care about the other people in the gym looking at us. I've got news for you. No one is looking. They don't care. They're doing their own workout. We are thinking, we are not exercising. We are not going to the grocery store. We are not showing up in public because we are worried about what other people think of us. The other people don't care. The other people are bullshit. Remember that. They don't care. They don't care what you're doing. They truly don't. The only people that really care what you're doing are are the immediate ones around you. And those people are also ones that can be perceived as hindrances to our lives. And they can also be actual hindrances. And we have to figure out where that line is. Most of the time, most of the time, I'm willing to bet that the other people are perceived hindrances. Oh my gosh, I have children. How do I exercise? Well, I just had a great podcast with Anna Woods. Go back one episode and listen. She'll tell you how to exercise when you've got no time, no energy, no money. It's about finding a way. It's about finding a way to live around this world, which is full of other people, (laughs) and also be the people we are meant to be. Does that sound impossible to any of you? Does that just sound like absolute garbage? If it does, I challenge you to listen and really take this in. And here's how I kind of did this in my life. So when my kids were born, they're 14 months apart. Um, That's kind of tough. It's, it's tough, I'll tell you. <laughs> I had a full-time job as an attorney. I had an hour-long commute either way. I had in-home childcare, which was great, but had its own set of challenges. Um, the reason my kids weren't in daycare is because the daycare insisted on feeding my son eggs over and over again, even though he was allergic. <laughs> so in a fit of rage, I pulled my children out of daycare, and I had someone that I could, you know, have in my house to make sure we did not feed eggs to my children. So neither here nor there, but the way that I learned to view my life as something that was not just full of obstacles and that something that was just not full of people that were in my way, when I had two very young kids and I had all this, these other people in my life, I, I looked at that time as, okay, I desperately need to carve out a space away from these other people. And that sounds so funny, right? But really, when you've got a world of other people, I challenge you to carve out time away from them because that is where the magic happens. Whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, I don't care. It doesn't matter. But having children for me, may it forced me to try and get away from them for a little bit (laughs) because they were so close in age and it was so challenging. And even though I worked all day, that was another challenge. I was like, I have got to find some space in my world that there are no other people. 
And so I can hear my own internal voice and and start to listen to it. And it was a 10 plus year journey. My son is almost 12. So that is a 12 plus year journey, learning to hear my own internal voice that was not quieted by other people, little babies crying, um, you know, the employees and, and clients and all these things. There's all these other people who are wonderful at their core in their own way, but they're also sometimes the things that we are deep down in our souls hating, not the people, but the life, the life that we have built. We're like, how did we get here? I know I wanted this. I asked for it. And I worked very hard. Elizabeth Gilbert in Eat, Pray, Love. That line where she's like, I was an active participant in the creation of this life, yet all I wanted to do was run away. That that line is so impactful to me for so many reasons because I remember feeling that way, that this is what I wanted. So why am I not loving this? And it came down to my perception and my relationship with myself in relation to the other people. Like when I started viewing my kids as something to take a break from, and this sounds terrible, but I've said it over and over again. When I realized I needed a break from those wonderful people, I was able to appreciate them more when I came back. And I was able to take care of myself so I could be more calm, more patient, my health could improve. And this was not a fast process. This took me over a decade, people to get to this point. And and in that process, children became 10 years old, right? These other people are going to change and grow around us. And so if we live our lives revolving around them, we never have a sense of who we are. And so when I say the other people are bullshit, I don't mean them as a person, okay? So don't tweet me about that. (laughs) I mean our perception of the other people and how it relates to how we're living our lives. Live your life, Figure out how to situationalize, that is not a word, how to (laughs) situate yourself in relation to the other people so you can have your bag of hopes and dreams on your shoulder along with the car seat and along with the groceries and all the other things you're carrying. But don't check your bag of hopes and dreams at the door. Don't let it go. It can come along for the ride. You may have to zip it up and carry it for a little bit, but don't ever leave it. Your relationship to the other people in your life needs to be a relationship, but first you have to have a relationship with yourself and you have to figure out how to do that with grace, with courage and productivity that will make you super proud of who you are. And if you're just starting on that journey, I understand. I understand it's hard, but what I encourage and what I encourage in my book, The Year of No Nonsense, is to open your eyes. As long as our head is in the sand, we cannot see, hear, smell, taste, do anything. You can't even walk with your head in sand. Have you tried that? (laughs) Open your eyes. Start to see where the other people are impacting you in ways that they're not even trying to. Start to see what you can do to improve it. Until next time.